We begin today the Gemara on the second line on the top of Daf Chuzayin, where it says, Ikid Amri. So this is the second version of something that we learned before. We had a Mishnah that said, when it comes to a woman that's captured by Goyim, and she was <coughs> captured because of a money matter, she owed them money. So the Mishnah said, that in such a case, she's muttered to go back to her husband. They're afraid to uh, abuse her. But Rav Shmuel Bar Rav Yitzchak, in the name of Rav, clarified that, that that's only in a situation where you didn't have control over the Goyim. But if it's a place where the Goyim have control, then they're not afraid. So therefore, in such a case, she can't go back to her husband. So now, here the Gemara brings a Braise that it already quoted before, and it brings another version of uh, how this discussion went with this Braise. Let's see. Ikid Amri, so those that said as follows. On the top of Chuzayin Amar Aleph, third line. Omar Rav said, I'll bring you a proof to this point that we just said, that it depends on if the Goyim are in control or if the Eden are in control. Because the story in this Brisa says, These two Tanoim testify the, about the following story. A Jewish girl that owed money and then she gave herself up as a mashkin, as a collateral, and she didn't, couldn't pay. This took place in the city of Ashkelon. And then, And her family then distanced her. They didn't want to have any connection to her to allow her to get married properly because they were afraid that maybe she had a relation with the Goyim there. But she had Adem that came and said testimony. She was never secluded with any guy and she never had a relation with any of them. So the Chachamim said to the family, you have to believe these Adem. If you believe these Adem that tell us what happened, that she gave herself up as a mashkin to these Goyim, so believe the Adem also what they say, that she never was secluded and never had a relation with any of them. And if you don't believe the Edim that she wasn't secluded or had a relationship with any of them, so then Al Tamina Shahurana. So why are you trusting the Edim that say that she ever was taken as a collateral to any of these Goyim? That's the story in the Braisa. So we see here that the Chachamim said that we trust the Edim, we trust her to say that she was, because she has Edim, we have to trust them that she had no relation with them. Now, this story here that happened with this woman in Ashkelon was because of a money issue that she couldn't pay, so she gave herself as a mashkin. And what does it say here? The only reason why Chachamim was saying to the family that you could allow her to get married to everybody is because there's Edom here, and you should trust those Edom. But if she would have no Edom that are supporting what she's saying, that she had no relation with anybody, then she could not come and have a relation with anybody. We would be afraid that the Goyim abused her. So, what, and what's the situation here? As Rabbi Gemara said before, regarding Ashkelon, Ashkelon was a place where the Goyim had control. So therefore, the Gemara now says, this could be a raya to what Rav Shmuel but Rav Yitzchak said before, regarding a woman that gets captured for a money matter, and the Goyim have control in that area, and we don't, so we don't trust her that she doesn't have a relation with them. And the Gemara explains, my love, so don't you think, there's no difference if she willingly gave herself up as a mashkin to them or they captured her against her will. In both cases, the, the, they're similar because in both cases she's in the Goyim's possession because of a money matter. And still what do we say? That because this is a city that the Goyim had control, we're afraid that the Goyim had a relation with her. Only because there's Edim do we trust that they didn't. So this proves what Rav Shmuel Barav Yitzchak said. So the Gemara answers, the point that the Gemara said before, no, it's not the same. Hurano Shani. 
In a case where she herself gave herself up as a mashkin, that's a different story. And the reason why it's different is because over there, she's willingly giving herself away to the Goyim, and the Goyim feel like she belongs to us. She, that if she's not paying, she, she agreed that, that, that she's going to remain ours for this, if she's not going to pay. If she's ours, we can do with her whatever he, she wants. So therefore, only in such a case do we say that the Goyim were not afraid to abuse her. But in a case where the Goyim captured her against her will, so over here, maybe they're still afraid, even in a case where the Goyim have control over that city, but nevertheless, it could still be that the Goyim are afraid. Now, Ike de Rami la Mirma, there's yet an, a third version regarding how this discussion went between the Mishnah that we had with a, with a woman that was captured, and this Braiseh, which is a story of a woman that gave herself up as a mashkin, so some brought this as a question. It was asked as a question that there's a contradiction here. That what was the contradiction? That's none. In the Mishnah we learned, If she was captured because of a money matter, she's allowed to go back to her husband. We're not afraid that the Goyim abused her. And on this, the question, the contradiction was asked, so what does it say here in this Braise? So the Gemara doesn't quote the entire Braise again. But in the Braise here we see that it was a money matter. And the only reason Chachamim said that she was not abused is because of Edom. Without Edom, we're concerned that the Goyim abused her. And the Ashkelon, so this story with this woman in Ashkelon, it was a story with money. The Ketani, and what does it say here? The only reason Chachamim said that they can still marry her is because she has Edom. But without Edom, they can't marry her. So it's a contradiction to our Mishnah that says, in a money matter, we're not concerned. And on this, so Mishani, and Shmuel answered, Amr of Shmuel, but of Yitzchak, it's not a contradiction. The Mishnah is speaking about a situation where the Yidin are the ones that have control and therefore Goyim are afraid to, have, to abuse this woman. The Yidin have control over the Goyim. And Khan in this Braise, with this story in Ashkelon, that it's the Goyim that have the control over the Yidin. So therefore in that case the Goyim are not afraid unless you have Edim, the Goyim will abuse this woman. Going back to the Mishnah, the Mishnah says that if a, a Yiddish woman is captured in a situation where they want to kill her, so then if she gets released, we're afraid the Goyim abused her because they, they don't care. So on this, the Gemara explains what exactly is this case of Nefoshes. Omar Rav, so Rav says the example would be the wives of those thieves that the Goyim caught. In those times in the Gemara, when uh, a thief was caught, they would hang him. And not only that, they would be mafkir, his whole family and his wife, and his wife, that people could go and do whatever they want with them. It was a very harsh punishment for a thief. So therefore, the wife of a Ganif that the Goyim captured, this is a woman that we know they abused her, and therefore she can't go back to get married to whoever she wants. The Levi Omar, Levi says, not necessarily by the wife of any Ganif, but Kogayim Ishta shall ben Dunoi. If it's a wife of the individual, his name was Ben Dunoy, Rashiya brings the Gemara and Saita says he was, a, he was not just a thief, but he was a murderer, Ritzayach, and his name was Allah, Allah Ben Dunoy. So if he's caught, then his wife, for sure, they're going to abuse her, do whatever they want with her. But not necessarily any Ganav. And Chizkiyah says about this, When we speak about, over here about these individuals that were caught and their wife will also be abused, that's in a situation where there was an actual, actual verdict that the, the, the court already ruled that they're going to kill this person. Then we're afraid that the wife is abused if she's captured. Rabbi Yechen and Oma, but Rabbi Yechen says, no, not necessarily. Even before there's a verdict that they rule that they're going to kill this person, still the wife, if she's captured, they're going to abuse her and she can't go back to marry whoever she wants.
Well, if the Goyim are doing this, I don't think you could say Yad Yisrael Takifa. If Goyim are uh, running running things in this manner, it's pretty clear that uh, they're in control. Going back to the Salachas that we're discussing regarding a woman that's captured, could she still marry a Kayin? Or do we are we concerned that she had a relation with a guy? So there's another scenario here. A city which was conquered by an army that laid siege on the city. So now call all Kayanis that are in this city, Psulais, they're gonna be apostle. They're gonna be apostle to their wife, to their husband, that is Rashi over says, we're talking about the wives of a Kayan, that they're gonna be apostle to go back to their husband because he, we're afraid that they had a relation with a guy, even if it's against their will. But a, a wife married to a Kayan is still lesser. So from Rashi it's Mashma, if it's a wife of a regular Yisrael, that's only us to her husband, if she willingly had a relation with a guy, so then we're not going to be concerned. But if a wife of a Kayin, then in this case where the guy conquered the city, we're afraid that she had a relation even against her while she's also to her husband. If she can bring Adam to say that she's pure and no one had a relation with her, and that includes even a, a Eved Kanani or a Shifcha Kananis that usually Apostle Eidus. And they come and say, we were with this woman the entire time and she had a relation with nobody. We believe them. This is a special kula regarding a woman that's captured or a woman in this situation when the city is conquered. The Chacham will make and allow that we could believe even an Eved and a Shifcha. But a person is not believed to say anything about himself in such a situation. And so to this woman is not believed to say regarding herself that she didn't have a relation with anybody else. I'll ask you a contradiction from another halacha where it speaks about a similar situation of Goyim that came to conquer a city or an army that comes into a city. So there the halacha says, a baleshes, an army which is coming into the city. A baleshes usually means they come and they search in people's properties and they come and take things. So they came into the city. So Bishas Shalom, if it's a time of peace and they just enter into the city, if there are barrels of wine and these barrels were open, so then those barrels are also. We're afraid that these guys may have poured it for themselves and poured for Avedizara, it becomes Yain Nesach. Stumais, but closed barrels of wine, Mutaris. Those are allowed to still be drink. You can still drink them. But Bishas Muhammad, if it's a time of war, so over here, whether you have open barrels of wine, closed barrels of wine, they're all mutter. Why? They don't have time to pour wine for themselves or pour wine for Avedizara. They're busy. They're in the middle. There's a war going on. So if so, the question of the Gemara is, why shouldn't we say the same thing regarding our Mishnah? Our Mishnah says, when there's an army that lays siege in a city, they're conquering the city, they were afraid that they had a relation with a Jewish girl. We see over here that it's a war time. They're busy. They're running. So we shouldn't be concerned for this. So the Gemara says, no, you can't compare the two. You can't compare wine and a Jewish girl. For this, that they may have had a relation with a Jewish girl, for this they have time. But to pour the wine, for that they don't necessarily have the time. So one of the Rishayim explained, I think the Taisa Svid explains, the reason is because the Yitzhahara, to be by a Jewish girl, is much greater. So for that, we're more concerned. Rabbi Yitzhak Bar-Alazar, Mishmei de Chizki Yama. Rabbi Yitzhak Bar-Alazar, in the name of Chizki, gave a different answer. It depends what kind of a war is going on over here. Who is this army conquering this city? Over here when it says that we're not concerned that they poured the wine, it's talking about a place where the Kharkaim, the, the siege that was laid on the city, is by this 
country there, here, this kingdom here that wants to expand <coughs> its territory a little bit, and they're conquering this city. So if they're conquering this city, so Rashi's shot in the Gemara here is, because they want to conquer the city, and they want the people of the city to become part of their kingdom. They should pay taxes, and they should be good citizens. They're not going to abuse the people of the city. Their whole point is, they want the people of this city to become part of, part of, part of their kingdom. So therefore we're not afraid that they poured wine, or we wouldn't be afraid that they went and abused anybody. But if it's another, <laughs> a, another kingdom that's passing through here and they're in a war and they're con- conquering the city, so then we're afraid that they're going to abuse the people in the city. They're not looking to keep the peace over here. So in such a case, we are afraid, like the Mishnah said, that uh, all the people, all the women in it, are going to be possible for a kind. This is Rashi's Prat in the, in the Gemara here. Taisvis, most of the Rishayim actually say that the Prat is the opposite. That it's a, if it's a karkim from this malchus, so they're not afraid. They do whatever they want. This is our place, this is our malchus. They go, they conquer it, they do whatever they want. If it's a malchus acheres, if it's a different kingdom that's coming into this area, so then they're afraid of the people there, they're afraid of the government that's locally in the city, and therefore they're going to be more careful in their behavior. Okay, but let's continue with Rashi's pshat. So the Gemara asks on this answer, on this distinction here, that shall oisom malchus nami. So even if it's from the same government, so according to Rashi's Prat, so, so what, what are we saying? That if it's from the same, gov- it's the same government that's trying to expand its kingdom, they're more careful. They want to keep the peace in the city. So the soldiers will not uh, abuse any of the women. But nevertheless, how can we rely on that? It's impossible that even one soldier did not run away or did not, or so some say that Bachi says Rashi's greatest, that one soldier did not go away from the rest of the soldiers and, and go and, and abuse one woman. Could we, we have over here a bunch of soldiers, they go into cities and they do whatever they want. As we know, what happens during uh, these, these, these wars. So if so, all these soldiers... We can't be, shouldn't we be afraid that even one of them went and uh, did something of, uh, inappropriate? Amir Av Yudah Mashmuel, so Yudah Mashmuel says, what we're speaking about over here is, Keshemishmares Royezuazu, that when they came into the city, so they have guards, they have different groups of soldiers, and they watch over one another, that nobody should go and do anything wrong. And that, that's the case that it said in the Gemara, that we, we don't have to be afraid that they abused anybody. Frak the Gemara still, how can you rely on this? Even if they're coming into the city and they want to conquer the city in the most peaceful way and therefore they place guards that, they should, that none of the soldiers should go and abuse anybody. But nevertheless, these soldiers are still wild and it's impossible that one of these guards did not fall asleep and therefore somebody went and abused a woman. Amr Ablevi, so therefore Ablevi says, actually it's even more than this that happened there. They come, they want to keep the peace, and therefore what they do is, when they come and conquer, they lay siege on the city, they surround the city with these shushilta, with uh, chains. And the kalba And also they surround the city with sticks and, and different uh, obstacles that people shouldn't be able to just go into the city and then and, and do whatever they want. Oh, dogs, okay. Could be dogs. I mean, I'm just, uh, Rashi says, maklois v'kismen. And va'avza. And also geese. They put geese that if someone's going to walk into that area, these geese are going to make noise. So therefore, this is, this is something that, that uh, we know, we can rely on the fact that, that they're conquering the city in such a way that they want to keep the peace and therefore no woman was touched. Okay, now the Gemara brings other Amidoim that uh, discuss this. 
and we see that as a dafka in such a situation where there were so many precautions that we see that we could be sure that nobody touched anybody, or you don't necessarily need all these precautions. This was an argument between Rabbi Yehuda Nasi and the Rabbanon. One of them, when they had this discussion regarding the siege that was placed on the city, and there was the contradiction there between the Mishnah and the Braise, whether they abused the woman, whether they poured wine for themselves or not. So one of them answered that The answer that we said before, that if it's a, if it's a king or a government or soldiers from this government that's conquering the city, they want to keep the peace. And if it's from a different government, from a faraway place, they don't want to necessarily keep the peace. And that's it, he left it by that. He didn't add anything more. And according to this answer, as long as it's a kingdom that's coming to expand their territory, so then we're, we're not concerned that they abuse the women. But the Omar, but the... Uh, and the Kashile, sorry, this is a continuation, yes. And he didn't have any additional questions about this. The very fact that it's this kingdom that's trying to expand its territory is enough to rely on that, that they're not going to abuse anybody. But Vachad, another one, when he discussed this matter and gave this answer, Kashile Kol Hani, he didn't rely just on saying that it's the same kingdom that's trying to expand its territory. He had all the questions that we asked before. Is it not possible that one soldier went and abused somebody? Or Mishani, and therefore he gave the answer like we said before. That the case is that it's not just a kingdom that's expanding its territory, but they're taking all kinds of precautions to keep the peace by surrounding the city with these chains and the dogs or sticks and geese to make sure that nothing will happen. So regarding this mission that we just learned here, that a, a city that was conquered, that placed siege on the city, so it, we, the, the women in the city cannot, are going to be also to marry a Kayan. But, say, say they said, If there's in that city one place that they could hide, there's some kind of a cave, some area that a woman could hide in it, So this can save all the kainas, each, all the women married to a kain in the city could say, we hid in that cave, and therefore nobody touched us. Okay, so here we see a tremendous kula that we can rely upon. Bay Rabbi Yirmiyeh asked about this, how about So this cave, or this area that they could hide in, and they claim, each, each one of the women can, can come and claim that they hid there, what's if this place that the women could hide is so small that only one woman could hide there? So in such a case, mi amrina ma? What's the halacha? Mi amrina? Do I say kolchada v'chada? So hainuha. Every woman that comes forward and says that I'm pure, nobody touched me. So we say, okay, this is the woman that hid there. So she has what to rely upon to say that she's that nothing, no one touched her. Aydilme loyemrin. Or we're not going to say such a thing. We can't say. We can't say regarding every single woman that she was the one that hid there. It's either one or the other. So so we can't be mad at all of them when it's such a tiny hiding place. <laughs> So the Gemara brings a source for this, a similar kind of shayla. What would be the difference from another case where we see this shayla? When you have two pathways. One of them you know is Tomei and one of them is Tar. So you, so you know that there's a dead body on one of them, but you don't know which one. One of the people that's in front of us here went to one of these pathways and then he may have become Tomei, and then he touched things that are Tahir. Now, Bachaveira, his friend also, and he went in the second pathway. And and he also, after he went one of these pathways, and he touched things that are supposed to be Tahir. So one of them is definitely Tahir. We just don't know which one of them is. 
So Rabbi Yudayim and Rabbi Yudayim says as follows. If each one of these people come and ask a question about himself, so each one comes separately to ask the question, am I Tomei or not? So then, to Hayreis. We're going to pass him for each one separately that he's taught. This is the halacha regarding any Suffolk Tumen or Rosh Rabim that you taught. So over here, each one is coming and asking a question. Did I become Tomei? The answer is no, you taught. Shneim ka'achas. However, if they're both going to come into Bezin together and ask the question at the same time, Tmeis, we're going to have to paskin that each one is going to be Tommy because of a Suffolk. Because one of them for sure went in a pathway which is Tommy. So how can we paskin at the same time for both of them that they're taught? Rabbi Yaisi is even more machmer. He says, ben kach, ben kach Either way, they come to ask together. They're not coming to ask together. Either way, we're going to have to say that they're Tommy Misafik because one of them for sure went in a place which is Tommy. Hmm. Now, the, the, this machlaikis was further clarified by Rabbi Yechinen. Rabbi If they came, both came into Bezna at the very same time to ask the question, then everybody would agree that there's a Tommy. We have to say that they're Tommy. If the coming to ask the question, once coming in the morning, once coming at night, the coming to ask the question by Bezin separately, everybody would agree that we have to pass and feature one separately is start. When are they arguing? When one person is coming to ask the question about himself, and he's also asking the question about his friend. So over here, there's only one person standing in front of us, but he also wants to know what the Allah is for his friend. So Mar Rabbi Yaisi says, if he's asking about himself and about his friend, it's like he and his friend are asking the question together. So we have to ask him for both of them that they're Tommy. But the Tanakhami here, so Rabbi Yudis says that no, in such a case, if you're coming alone, so we're paskening for yourself. And for you, you're going to be tired. And then automatically, you'll understand that the same Allah applies to your friend. They don't even have to ask him for his friend when he asks for his friend. They ask him for him that he's tired. So now, what's the Gemara saying? So this is the story over there regarding these two pathways that are Tomei. Right? So over there, the halacha was that if they're coming together, it must be that someone was Tomei. We can't pass them for both of them together that they're tar. So v'achanami kiv in the shari luhukulu. If you're going to allow all these women to go and get married to their husbands that are kayanim, and you're going to say that they're all okay, based on what? And the fact that there was this hiding place that only one woman could enter into, so over here you're paskining for all of them that they could all go at the same time and marry their husbands. So it's like this case where you're paskining for these people together that the tummy, that the tari that is. And we, we don't. If they come together, you have to paskin that they're tummy. So over here, if there's only a hiding place for one woman, how could you paskin for all of the women of the city that they're tari to their husband? So the Gemara says, but you can't compare this. Why not? What kind of comparison is there? Over there, the situation is that there was one pathway that there was definitely Tumah there. But over here, in the end of the day, what is it we're saying? That it's a, soldiers that conquered a city, and it could be that one of them had a, we abused and had a relation with one of the women, but we don't know it for a fact. If, we don't, if this is a situation that we don't know that for a fact, over here, we could pass them for each one separately that they're toy, relying on this, that maybe she was not abused. And especially since we have this machboah, since we have this hiding place, even if it's only one woman, we could rely by each woman that she's the one that hid. So it's no comparison. The Gemara has now another shayla. Boy Ravashi, Ravashi asked about this kind of situation where there's a hiding place in the city. Amra Leinich Beisi, a woman that was in this city that was conquered by this army, comes and says, I did not have any hiding place. But Vulainit Meisi, but nobody touched me. I never had a relation with anybody. 
So ma, what's the halacha now? Do I say that we trust her? Even though she says clearly she didn't hide, she was exposed, but still we trust her because Mali Lishakim. She has a migu. Why she, we, we see over here clearly that she's not lying. She could have easily said that I hid and therefore I wasn't touched. Or perhaps we say that we do not say a migu in this case. And the reason we would not say a migu in this case is because if she's once, the moment she's admitting that she didn't hide, so in a case where soldiers conquered a city, it's almost like we have Adem. To us, it's clear that a soldier had a relation with her. And there's a rule, and this is what the Gemara will discuss here now, that when you have a strong reason to be believed, because you have a migu, Mali Lushakar, but nevertheless, that's going against Adem, a migu is, is worthless. In this case, when the soldiers conquered the city, it's so clear that someone had a relation with her that even if she has a migu, she will not be believed. And the Gemara brings another situation where we see this. So the question that Ravashi is asking here, why is this any different than the following story? There was a person, the Agale So he rented a donkey to his friend. Amalei tells his friend that's renting this donkey, Don't go on this pathway that goes near this river, there's water there, and then the donkey could, uh, could get washed away, could drown in this water. Rather, go in this way of Narash, there's no water there. What happened? What did this renter do? He went there in this place with this river of Narpakoid, and the donkey died. <clears throat> but it didn't die because it was flooded by the water, it just died. And therefore, if it died, it's not his responsibility. He wasn't negligent about it because, I mean, well, he was actually. He went in the place he shouldn't have. But the fact is, it just died by itself. Now, also, so he came to Rove, and so the, the renter said that it's not, it's not my fault. The donkey just died on its own. And so the renter said, In True, I went in that pathway where the water is, and I shouldn't have gone there. But when I went there, there was no overflow of water, and the donkey just died on its own. So Amarave, so Rav said about this, Mali Lashake, this person it should be believed because he has a migu. We see that he's honest. He could have simply said, No, I went in the way that you told me to go. There was no Adim that tell us that he went in that place. So therefore, since he could have said he went in the other, uh, other pathway that he should have gone, now that he said he went here, we should believe him that the donkey died on its own. So to this Abaye said to Rav, there's a rule, we don't believe a person with his claim, even if he has a migu to back up his claim, if it's going against what Adam say. So therefore, in this case, what Abai is saying is, a person that goes to that place of, of Nar Pekoid, it's so sure that in that place the, the donkey gets washed away by the water, that it's like Adam. It's like we have Adam here saying that that's what happened. So therefore, if he comes and says that that's not what happened, it just died on its own, it's like he's speaking against Adam. So we don't believe him. So therefore, what is, what is the Gemara's comparison? The Gemara wants to say the same thing over here. Even though this woman comes and says that I didn't hide, I was exposed, but nobody abused me, the moment she says she didn't hide, it's like she's speaking against Adam. The fact that somebody abused her is so, we're so certain about that, that we can't believe her anymore. But the Gemara says, no, you can't compare the two things. There's no comparison. There, that pathway of Nar Pekoid, we, we know, it's like we have Adam here, that there's water there. So for sure, the, the donkey gets washed away by the water. Over here, when, a, when there's an army that comes and conquers a city, is it 100% certain that every woman in the city was abused? It's, it's, a, it's a concern, it's something that we're afraid of. 
So in a case where it's only a concern, if her claim is so strong that she has a migu, that she's trusted, we're going to trust her. So it's not exactly the same situation like with the water there. The next thing he said in the Mishnah was, If she has Eden that she was untouched, so then even if it's, Eden, if it's an Eved or a Shifcha, which is usually not kosher for an Edus, but here we trust that's such a kind of an Edus. Says the Gemara, does this mean, huh? even an Edechot, correct, yeah. This is a special Kula, that they were makel by Shvuya. Rashi actually said earlier that one of the reasons the Chacham were makel is also because a woman that gets captured it keeps herself as disgusting as possible that nobody should touch her. She knows that she's in a situation that she doesn't want to attract any uh, extra attention to herself. So therefore, we, we uh, are makel. Says the Gemara, does this mean didamemne? In such a case over here, and it says that we trust a Shivcha, does that mean even her own personal maid is, is trusted for this? Veramini, but I'll ask you, there's a contradiction to this from the following Braisa or Mishnah. So this is in Gitten, it says over there, what happens if a situation where a person is about, to, he looks like them that he's about to die. So he writes a get for his wife and he says that when I die, you'll, you'll be already divorced from now. So in such a situation, once he wrote her that get, he's not allowed to be with her privately, he's not allowed to live with her anymore. So now it says there, he should not be together with his wife anymore once he wrote this get. Unless there's a presence of witnesses there. And even if there's a presence of a servant or a shifcha that's there, then she's allowed, she's allowed to be with her husband. But she's not allowed to be with her husband when her own personal maid is there. Because if it's her own personal maid, she's too comfortable with her. And in such a situation, we're not going to trust the shifcha to say that the husband and wife never had a relation with one another. Okay, so what's the Gemara's question here? So over here, we see that when it comes to her own personal shifcha, we're not going to trust her. And from the Mishnah, it's mashma shifcha, any, any shifcha, even her own personal shifcha that says that this woman had a relation with nobody, we are going to trust her. Amrav Papi, Sarav Papi says, You're right, it's not, it's not the same situation. Over here, when it comes to a shvuya, a woman that was captured, or like it speaks about in our Mishnah, when there's a soldiers that are, uh, from an army that are in a city, so in such a situation, they were extra lenient. And over here, they're going to trust even her own personal maid to come and say testimony that nobody touched her. Rav Papa, ma, Rav Papa said, you don't have to say that it's a special leniency by Shvuya. Rather, the answer is as follows. The difference is, over here, it's talking about her own personal maid, and she's not going to be trusted. And And then, in our Mishnah, what it says that we trust any Shifcha, it means even his maid, not hers, but even his, even the husband's maid that's there, will be trusted to say that she had a relation with nobody. What the Gemara asks on this question of Rav Papa, it doesn't seem so from the language of the Mishnah. Her own personal maid is not going to be believed to say that she had no relation with nobody, but Hakatani. What does it say in our Mishnah? A person cannot say, the woman cannot say testimony for herself that nobody touched her. But But that means that anybody else, even her own personal maid, is believed. So the Gemara says, this is not a question. Your own personal maid is like you yourself speaking. So therefore, when it says that you're not believed, that includes also your own personal maid. So it's not a question of Papa's answer. The Gemara brings a third answer. Ravashi Ravashi says, In both cases, here in our Mishnah, when it says that we believe a Shifcha to say that nobody touched her, and over there, in that Mishnah in Gitten, where it says that she shouldn't be misyached, 
with the Shifcha. So in both cases it's talking about Shifcha Dida. That we don't, over there it says, we don't trust if it's her own Shifcha. Because she's comfortable with her. So the Shifcha sees what happens. Vishaska, and she's quiet. So Hasam, Dishtikasa, Matirasa, in the Gemara and Gitten, when it says over there that we're not going to trust her own personal shivcha to allow the husband and wife to be together after she wrote a, she, she, he wrote a get for her. So over there, Shtikasa, Matirasa. Over there, we don't need this shivcha to speak up to be matter this woman. Over there, as long as this shivcha is going to be quiet, so then this is going to be matter the woman to come and be able to live with her husband. So therefore, she's not going to be believed. Right, because the, the the case over there is that we don't need that shivcha to come and say testimony that she, the, the husband and wife never had a relation with one another. As long as she's going to be quiet and she's not going to tell us that I know that they did have a relation with one another, so then they're going to be mutter. So over there, the very fact that she's quiet creates a heter. So over there, we're afraid that her personal shivcha is going to be quiet. She's not going to disclose any private information that went on between husband and wife. But over here, what do we need this shifcha to do? We need this shifcha to come and say testimony. We need her to come and say that I was with this woman and, no, and I know for a fact that nobody abused her. If she's going to be quiet, the woman is still going to be yasser. So over here, mehemna, over here, even her personal shifcha, she's going to be believed to say testimony. So, sorry, the Gemara asks the question, but over here, why, don't we, why aren't we concerned that this personal maid will come and lie for her, for her uh, master, for, her, for the woman that she's saying, hey, this for why aren't we concerned that she's going to lie for her sake? So the Gemara says, no, that we're not concerned about. Tartilayavda. Two things that are wrong, she's not going to do. What does this mean? So Rashi says, it's one thing for her to be quiet, not to disclose any private information about what happened between husband and wife. That will concern, that she's not going to tell us the truth. But that she's not going to speak up at all. She's just going to stay quiet. But to say that not only is she going to be quiet, but in addition, she's also going to be ready to come and say, hey, this is a lie. That this woman had no relation with a guy when the truth is that she did. For that, we're not going to be concerned. Even though it's her personal shifcha, but she's not going to do this and say such a lie. And the Gemara brings another incident where we see this. Kiha, the Mari bar Eisek, Chana bar Eisek, the story with Mari the son of Eisek, or Chana the son of Eisek. So what happened? So the, the father went to a place, Chuza, and then the father passed away over there. And now this new person shows up and he's a brother. He claims that he's a brother. Divide the, the possessions of the father with me. I'm a brother here. Amalei, so Mari, or it was, it was Chana, said, Lo I don't know who you are, you're not my brother. So they came to Rav Chiste to settle this argument here. Very interesting argument. Is he a brother? Is he not a brother? Amalei, Shapekamalach. The person that says that you're not his brother, he's, he's, he has the right to say such a thing. Like we see, it says, When Yosef's brothers came down to Mitzrayim, so Yosef recognized his brothers, but they didn't recognize Yosef. Why not? So it says, Because when Yosef left his brothers, he had no beard, and now he had a beard, so he looked completely different, so they didn't recognize him. So what Avchist is saying is, when this person says, I don't recognize you, he's not saying... The point there is, he, well, he didn't say, well, my father never had another child. You're not a brother. 
He said, well, my father had another child, but I don't recognize you. And that's possible. It's possible that uh, he was so young when he left that they don't recognize who he is. So you're going to have to, if you want to go and have a part of this inheritance here, you're going to have to bring Eidos, that you're a brother. So the person said, isli sahadi. I have witnesses that will prove that I'm a brother. But I'm afraid to bring these witnesses to, to testify this because this my brother is, is a bully. He's, he's someone that's very strong and he's a bully and I'm afraid that he's going to attack us. Or he's going to do something. So I can't bring Eidos. So so when Avchista realized that this person is taka a bully, so Avchista says to him, Zil at the lav So you bring Eidos that this individual that's claiming that's a brother, you go bring witnesses that he's not a brother. So this person says to Avchista, Dina hachi? This is the halacha that I have to bring Eidos that he's not a brother? We know the rule always is, the one that wants to take out money, he's the one that has to prove it. So I, I'm, I'm for sure a son and this is my inheritance and he, we have no right that he's Bechlal a brother and he wants to take money out of my possession. He should have to prove that he's a brother. Why do I have to prove this? Amalei Rav tells him, This is how I pass him for you and all other ones that are bullies like you. True, this is not usually the halacha, but for somebody like you, this is what I pass him, that you have to go and prove this. But now, what did Rav Chista accomplish by trying to force this person to bring an Eidus? Shouldn't we still be concerned? Just like we said that the Eidim are afraid to come and testify because of this bully, so too, if this bully is going to bring these Eidim to say false testimony, this could also be possible. Because he's such a bully, he's going to force people to say false testimony for him. And so the Gemara says, so what do we see from here? Tati loyavdi, that we were not concerned about that. It's one thing for Adim to refrain of saying Adis because they're afraid of a bully. Even though you're not allowed to hold back from Adis that you know. person that knows Adis is supposed to speak up. But in the case of a bully, we're afraid they're not going to speak up. But the Adis are going to come and say a lie because of a bully that we're not concerned about. And therefore, Avchista said, bring Adis and we're going to trust Adis. Says the Gemara, shall we say that what we brought before about a shifcha, when it's a woman's own personal maid, whether we trust her that nobody touched her or not, so this seems to be a machleikas tanayim. In one brayse it says, zu edus ish v'isha tinik v'tinaikis. This this kind of a edus, a man, a woman, even a a tinik, a tinaikis, a young child, whether a boy or a girl, a via v'ima, even a father or a mother, v'achia v'achaisa, a brother or a sister, all of them are believed to say about a woman that she wasn't touched. But not her son, but not her daughter, and not her servant, or not her maid. So here we have one b'raise which clearly says that her own personal maid is not believed. And a different b'raise it says, Everybody is believed to say that nobody touched her, besides herself and her husband. So we clearly see here a machlaikis in this b'raise. So the Gemara says, Rav Papi and Rav Ashi that said before that her own personal maid is believed, so we see here clearly that this is a machleikis tanoim about that. The Rav Papa, however, Rav Papa's opinion, mi leime tanoihi. Rav Papa said before that, her own, that your own personal maid is not believed, and over here we see one b'raise, that it says that a personal maid is believed. Is that going to be a machleikis tanoim or not?
So the Gemara now will explain that that not, not necessarily is a contradiction to what Rav Papa said. Amalach Rav Papa, Rav Papa will tell you, Ki tanya hi. That b'raise where it says that a, a personal maid is believed to say that nobody touched this wife, that this woman, over there it's speaking about that this maid is not coming to testify. Rather, she's saying something in a conversation sincerely. We had this before in the Gemara. Whenever you speak sincerely in a conversation, there's more trust for this. And that's what the Bryson meant, that she's believed. And the Gemara brings an incident that happened. So what he said was, so he shared that a story came in front of Rabbi Shua ben Levi. Others say that Rabbi Shua ben Levi said over the following story, that there's a story that came in front of Rabbi. There was a person, he was just speaking in a conversation. And he said, myself and my mother, we were both captured, amongst Goyim. When my mother went out to draw water, I went out together with my mother. I was always together with my mom, my mother. Lilkit ate him to when she went out to collect wood, or the lakit ate him. Daiti alima, I was again paying attention to my mother. I was always watching my mother that nobody should touch her. He just said this in a conversation. He didn't say this as a testimony. And based on this testimony, even though it's a son, and everybody agrees that a son is not believed, but if it's Masih Lefitumai, a son is believed. Therefore, this is not a contradiction to what Rav Papa said.